Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 315 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Amy. Amy lives in Melbourne, Australia, and she is a psychiatric nurse who works in a secondary school. Welcome, Amy. Hi. Y'all call it secondary school. Is that what you said? I didn't write it down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought that's what you said, but we, different places call the school levels different things, like elementary versus primary. So yeah. you're, do you go up to 12th grade? Do y'all have- we do normally, but the area that I live in has a lot of primary going up to year nine. So okay. Yeah, I work with children that are 12 to 15. Okay, okay. That, that puts it in perspective. We all can understand the ages, but we <laughs> years and grades and all of that all are slightly different. But I always love talking to, to anyone who works in a school because I feel like we share a bond that no one else yep, quite gets. <laughs> um, you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So I started in June of 2020. And I think at that point, I just reached this crossroads where I knew I had to do something. My youngest daughter was 13 months at that point. And we were obviously just in the start of the pandemic. And I had a bit of weight to lose. And I it just randomly popped into my head from a conversation I'd had with a friend two years prior and I thought to myself, I've got to give that fasting a go. So I, I went and messaged her and I'm like, can you tell me about that fasting again? And we had a bit of a, a group chat going, going with her and another one of my friends. 
So that's how it all started. That's sort of the short story. So your friend mentioned it to you in 2018 and when you, around, around two years prior. And do you remember when you heard it the first time where you were like, that sounds crazy. I don't want to do that. She's actually, she was a work colleague at that time Uh and um, a work friend and three of us are quite close and we was in the same office and she mentioned what she was doing as I was sort of sitting at my desk eating eggs that I'd cooked on the sandwich press and trying to have, you know, my healthy breakfast and whatnot. And I sort of like turned my chair around really aggressively going like, that is so unhealthy because at that point I was really in the mindful eating sort of space. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I'd been like I'd been overweight sort of most of my adulthood and that sort of where I felt I wasn't did a bit of calorie counting but um not for very long most of the time I was in that mindful eating space and I was just slowly gaining weight steadily yeah that was me too and I I love love everything they teach in the mindful eating space we also call it intuitive eating except that I never could connect to the intuitive part of me or the mindful part of me and I just knew it made sense but well, I it makes sense it. now. Ironically. Well, now that we're intermittent fasters and we're back in <laughs> tune with our appetite yeah. signals, right? That makes such a difference. So, but the the point I wanted to make by talk going back to that, your friend who mentioned it two years before, you were not ready for it when you heard about it in 2018. You shot it down. You said that's not healthy. I am doing mindful eating. I eat when I want to eat. I don't have rules because that's what they they teach you. And Two years later, you were ready for it and you went yeah, back and to her. Such a random thing too. It just randomly popped into my head. Like it was, it was bizarre. Yeah. Well, so many times people are afraid to bring it up because they, they feel like that someone might react like the way you did the first time you heard about it. But yeah. even if someone is like, no, that's not healthy. That's crazy. I'll never do it. You've planted a seed and you never know when they might remember that seed and say, you know what? My crazy friend Amy mentioned that. Let me see what Amy's doing with that now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so definitely. at that time, you were stuck in mindful eating. Not that, not that that's, you know what I mean. You were in that mindset. But now, two years later, you were ready. Yeah. And I think you know, because we were in lockdown and Mm -hmm. we were at home with our two really young children, I was like, I have to do something to just, otherwise I'm just going to sit here in lockdown and just gain weight. So I spoke to my my husband and he's like, yeah, one of my work colleagues is doing that. Like, yeah, I'm happy to do that. She was doing 16-8. I'm like, okay, we can sort of do 16-8 and we started together. And then... I just, the only thing we could do was go for walks. So mm-hmm. I just go for walks. I just typed in intermittent fasting in um, my podcasts and your one with Melanie came up and I just listened to it, like caught up all the episodes during lockdown. And then ironically, the day I caught up to it being the, you know, I was up to date was the, your last episode. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so that was last year. The last episode that I did with her was 2022. So you you got them all. That was five years of you heard me change and through everything. So when did you start listening to intermittent fasting stories? It would have been whenever I caught up to the episodes where you were talking about it, I think. Yeah. Well, that that's great. I love that. I just I I don't have time to go back and listen, but I'm like, how interesting would it be to go back and listen to some of those old episodes of yeah. intermittent fasting podcast? Mm-hmm. So y'all both started with sixteen eight, kind of around in there. Yeah. So we did that for a while, and then as I was listening to, like, you know, I just threw myself into the education about it. I worked out then. I was like, oh, okay. So I've come for the weight loss, but this actually might help me with my chronic health issues. Because I have a condition called interstitial cystitis mm-hmm. in my bladder, which is a, a chronic inflammatory illness. The way I like to explain it is it's, it's sort of similar to like inflammatory bowel disease or like Crohn's disease, but it's in my bladder. Okay. Somebody was actually just talking about that in the community, I think, the other day. That's interesting that you mentioned it. So what are like, do you have like, is it urgency, pain, frequent infections? What does it lead to? The easiest way to think about it is it's like I've had a urinary tract infection for two decades. So it's like that burning sensation and it's the pain sort of changed to, you know, 
my whole pelvic area. So it's definitely something that's really challenging. Um, and I just thought to myself, hang on, this actually could help me with my inflammation as well. Mm-hmm. So it's an inflammatory type issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my bladder is ulcerated on part of it. And then um, the other part has scar tissue and it's all red and inflamed. Oh. And what, what causes that to happen? Do they know? Look, it's it's an autoimmune disease. Okay. Okay. They're not so, like, the it's not a very common illness so the research in it isn't as much as what it could be right but there's lots of different theories I had a lot of urinary tract infections as a teenager Um, there's a theory that you know you can start from that but I also have a lot of autoimmune issues in my family so I think it's a bit of column A and column B and and whatnot Okay. So as you started to research fasting, you realize there's, it's a lot deeper than just a way to lose weight, that, that this has some potential health benefits. And with your background as a nurse, I know that you understand yeah. all of that better than, than the lay person, even like me, I'm a lay person. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, did y'all stick with 16-8? We did 16-8 for a while and it was, um, it was working. Like in that first week, I would have, I lost like two and a half kilos or wow. like four, four kilos or something. But I know it's all sort of water. But, yeah, it was working for a while. I think I have a bit of a complicated relationship with food and that's because my my condition is very diet sensitive. So there's a whole range of foods that I will cause me pain if I eat. So um, and everyone's different and some people have one food trigger um, I've got lots of food triggers. So I was, you know, I think if I reflect back as to why I got the weight that I did, it was definitely because of emotional eating and just sort of throwing my hands up in the air and being like, well, I can't eat anything, so I'm going to eat everything. Oh, I get um, that. So what were, what are the kind of things that triggered it for you? So uh, coffee, which is oh, devastating. So um, sorry. So anything acidic, really. Okay. Anything. Um, so lemons tomatoes, chocolate, any preservative pretty much, any sort of alcohol. I can tolerate um, a tiny bit of clear spirits like gin or vodka, but um, I definitely can't have wine or cider or anything like that. So anything that's acidic basically, which is most or all processed food because of the preservatives that they put in and yeah, so it was really like I had this mentality that I was constantly missing out and constantly having to make a choice between joining in or being in pain. Right. I've had this condition since I was 16, so you know, I'm 35 now. So it's been, you know, definitely most of my life and my early 20s were me rebelling against my illness and drinking way too much alcohol and eating foods that I know were not good for me. So it was like my 20s were sort of marked by this chronic, like my inflammation was just getting worse and worse and worse. It sounds really miserable. Yeah, it's not something I'd wish on anyone really. And, yeah, my cousin's actually just been diagnosed. Oh. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a bit rattled by by her being diagnosed as well. Um just that sort of made me think like, okay, it's definitely, there is definitely something genetic here, um, which freaks me out about my daughters, which is why I think I, once I sort of knew, once I sort of fell into the fasting and then I fell into the science and I understood it all, I was like, hang on, food quality matters, um, toxic, you know, our toxic loads matter. So now I've sort of, it, fasting has sort of led me down this path of, just wanting to provide good food for my family and try and do everything that I can to prevent my daughters having this this condition that I have. I love that because, you know, similar to me, fasting and also my son's food sensitivities that he had when he was little, but all of that has taken me the same direction to wanting to clean up my toxic load just because I'm feeling so good and, you know, my body's cleaning up. How can I help make that even better? You know, because... I don't have any chronic conditions like you do, but anything that you can do to lower your toxic load is going to help you down the road. Yeah. It's, um, I've now become a person that I didn't think it was ever possible. Like I'm going to yoga and I'm eating organically and 
I understand the importance of why you eat seasonally and, and all this sort of stuff. It just feels like so far removed from where I was, say, five years ago. It's true. I mean, so, so true. You know, I look back at how I was 10 years ago and I wouldn't recognize myself at all. Yeah. So, so your, your kids, how old are your kids now? They're um, six and nearly four. Okay. So it's a good time to, you know, to have been making these changes because they were young enough that they weren't already stuck in. Yeah. You know, it's hard when they're teenagers to, now we're going to make all these changes, kids. But yeah. <laughs> It's just finding that balance too. I'm finding it hard. Like um, just this, I feel like I'm the odd one out or we're the odd one out in the sense where they, the school offers icy poles during the day um, to buy for a dollar as a, as a fundraiser. And I'm just like, I, I don't want her to miss out, but I also don't want her to have a poor quality like icy pole. I get it. Yeah, that was so hard for us. Our younger son, Will, really couldn't have all that because it would make him have behavioral reactions. And so it was like a hard no. He couldn't have anything, any candy, any party treats, anything. If there was a party, I would send in food for him. And yeah. and that was weird, you know, but it was a little bit different because his was not just like, I don't want him to have it because it's not good. I was like, I don't want him to have it because he's going to turn into a raging lunatic and you're not going to like it. And you're going to be calling me to come pick him up. And it was was more out of necessity. But it was very, very hard because – and I will say that changed me as a teacher. I never again gave out candy or treats to my class that were edible because I realized, first of all, that wasn't helping any of the kids, even the ones who didn't respond as – dramatically as will. But it was was hard, so I, I totally get that. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah. So it's just, it's been a real journey. I feel like sometimes when you, you've, you've got so far, you've, you've got so far to go, you sort of sometimes forget how far you've come. Yeah. Um, so I sort of like float between feeling really proud of myself for coming as far as I have, but then also still getting overwhelmed about how much further I still have to go. And that's mainly in the context of my illness. Like I know my inflammation has reduced but I'm still in pain every day. I'm still dealing with these issues and it's a, it's a battle every day to keep my mindset in a good space. I bet so. I mean, chronic pain is, I mean, it's debilitating because it's like always there. Yeah. And I, those of us who do not live with chronic pain, it's hard for us to understand other than like, you know, when I pulled my back out in October and it hurt for like a week and I can't like people live with that pain every day. Like you're living yeah. with, with this every yeah. day. So has it gotten um, any better? Has there been some improvement? Well, 
that's the thing. I feel it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to make sense of it because I'm still in pain every day. But um, I bought Dr. Will Cole's book, The Inflammation Spectrum, and in there is a a quiz which sort of um, rates your inflammation and where you need to be on his program, sort of thing. And I did it probably. 18 months ago mm-hmm. and I scored 69 which anything above I think it was maybe 16 was considered severely inflamed wow so I knew my inflammation levels were really really high and then over you know that time I've just been slowly improving food quality continuing fasting but still eating food triggers because I'm, I'm still working on that mindset around denying foods permanently but I did that quiz again a year later, so like six months ago, and it was down to 42. Oh, so, so it's, it's progress. Yeah, it's coming down, um, but I've still got a way to go. Well, and, um, and the foods that you have to avoid, those are hard. It's hard to avoid yeah. tomatoes and lemon and, I mean, acidic things. I mean, that's yeah. everything. Yeah, it's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. I did find – a a dietitian who is in America who specializes in my condition. And she's only one of two, I think, that that actually specializes in my condition. And I've been working with her in like a group sort of setting over the last 12 months as well. And, you know, I guess I understand the the theory behind an elimination diet right. is to, you know, eliminate everything and then just work out what exactly is is triggering me. Um so I guess in theory, if I can calm my inflammation down enough, I might be able to add some of those foods back in. But it's right. just getting me to the point where I feel mentally able to do an elimination diet to its like to its whole thing because because you really have to do it. Oh yeah, and it just it sets me off into the whole denying mm. mindset, the restriction think, mindset. Yeah, and why I um. when I was gaining weight, I had the mentality that, you know, I can have a little bit of this, I can have a little bit of that. I was never a good restrictor. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, always allowing everything. So doing an elimination diet for me is a a real mental challenge. Um, I'm not a good restrictor either. I I completely, completely understand because seriously – the longest I ever did any restriction probably was when I did, tried keto in the summer of 2014 and it never worked. But I was like bound and determined I was going to make it work, but it didn't. But then the 60 days that I did the whole food plant-based, that was still, you know, I, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm, you know, working on my gut health. But then at the end of it, I was like, I, I don't like restricting. Why was I doing that? Mm-hmm. So, and then it reminded, I was like, never again. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. And so, but I under, me, yours is for a different reason. It's for, yeah. yeah. I almost have to, it, it's impossible to eat out because there's just, you know, um, like citric acid is like a really common additive over here at least. And here um, too. Yeah. I can't have that. It's like, that's probably one of my worst triggers, you know. So, like, pork, I can have good quality tomato products that don't have citric acid and just have, like one serving, you know, I can't, like I couldn't have like lasagna three nights in a row. That would cause me pain. But I could have one serving and be okay. But um, I never know what quality restaurants are using and they're mostly probably using stuff that's that's got those preservatives yeah. in it. I think you're probably um, right most places. So it really is. So you get tired of having to cook all your own food. Yeah. And then it's really mindful that, uh, when I am attempting that elimination diet, I'm cooking really bland. I mean, I just feel like I, I'm not satisfied. So it's, it's, it's a real, it's really backwards, really. Like the path to me getting better is successfully doing that elimination diet. You've got to be ready. That's that's the thing. You, yeah, you just hadn't quite been ready yet, and I, that I completely understand it because it's like you can't like kind of do an elimination diet that defeats the yeah. purpose because you got to really eliminate everything before you see. So yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing that you know I've noticed with fasting now I've sort of moved past the sixteen eight and going more into like a nineteen five or sometimes like fluctuating. I fluctuate a lot depending on what my day looks like, but 
I notice that I can hear my body better. So I can hear when my body is reacting better. Um, so I sort of like sometimes can do it backwards. Like sometimes for a while there I was trying eating something that is thought to be a bladder trigger as opening, like having something as my as I'm opening my window and then I could feel the pain come on instantly. I'm like, okay, that's that a was no. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a good thing about intermittent fasting. It really does help you pinpoint things like that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I think I'm just tired. I've got young kids, I'm working, I'm studying as well, and I'm dealing with chronic pain. And, uh, like, I'm frustrated because my weight has been so slow. Like, I'm losing weight so slow. Well, let, let's go back. Let's backtrack a little bit about the weight. Let's go back early to your early weight loss struggles because you mentioned that you were – you were working on mindful eating, but you were gaining weight. So when did you first ha- start having problems with your weight? I would say my early 20s or my late teens. Like I moved out of home and then, you know, tried to, when I grew up, we sort of didn't have everything all the time in terms of mum was dieting quite a lot. So there'd be times where there was lots of treats in the house and times where there was absolutely no treats in the house. So when I moved out, I was like, no, I'm going to allow everything and I'm going to eat mindfully and it's not going to be an issue. And I look, my weight was, I was never like massive, but I, once I had my older daughter, I found that it was just creeping and creeping and creeping. And I think when I think back, I don't do well sleep deprived, which you know, mm-hmm. no new mum does, but my my health, like my pain really struggles when I'm tired. So getting up and breastfeeding her for 12 months was was really, really hard. And I think I dealt with the tiredness by just snacking, mm-hmm. um, trying to find that pick-me-up. And then when I fell pregnant with my second daughter, I wasn't quite back to what I was before my first daughter. And then when I started fasting, I'd got up to just over 98 kilos, which is I uh, 216 pounds and in my head I was like I am not seeing 100 I'm not seeing three digits uh-huh. go up so that was like okay I've got to do something y'all have got a little bit of higher number than we do to see the like we don't want to see a two yeah. in the hundreds yeah. place but for you yeah. you've got a little bit farther before you see the triple digit I totally yeah. get that though yeah. yeah so then what I've been fasting well I'll be coming up to three years um and I've lost 18 or 19 kilos, so 41 pounds. It's been slow. In during that, there's been like nine month stalls mm-hmm. where I've just sat sat in the same spot, or I've gone up one or two kilos, and it's been frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I've had to remind myself constantly there is so much else that my body is dealing with. I had fatty liver, which is now gone. Like, like I said before, my inflammation is lowering. So it's like the last thing my body wants to do is release the weight. It's doing yeah. it slowly, but it's like it's, it's, it's up against it. It's doing yeah. all this other stuff first. That is, I know that is frustrating. Um, having a fatty liver reverse is really exciting though. But yeah. are you still losing slowly now or is it, are you in a plateau phase? Um, no, I would say that I'm losing slowly. I, I look, I... I know what I know what my barrier is at the moment and mm-hmm. it's it's sweets or desserts and I know that when I if I cut those out it does it does tend to start to fall off me as long as I you know keep going with what I'm doing it's just yeah I think the mentality of having to deny permanently so many things has put me in this space where I'm like no well I'm going to have dessert because I can't have this or right but I know that if I want to get the weight moving again, it's that's what I need to do is to cut out sugar. And I don't so, I don't demonize sugar in any way because like I would much rather my girls have a good quality ice cream than one that's laced with additives and preservatives. So I don't have a problem with having sugar in the house, but I just know that for me right now it's not the right It's not helping fit. you. Yeah. So yeah. are you around? I just did some math there. Are you around like 175 pounds yeah. now? Okay. Okay. And how tall are you? I don't know in inches, but I'm at 169 centimeters. All right. I'm going to have to do some calculations. See, Uncle Google will tell you this. If you just type okay. in, so if, you, if I type in 169 centimeters in feet, there it is. Okay. You're five foot, six and a half. 
So five yeah. foot, six and a half inches tall. I think and, I've probably got 20 pounds to go, I would okay. say. Okay. Like my, so that would get me, you know, to the top end of the normal weight range. But I think if I think back to before my weight struggles, I probably sat around there. Okay. So um, right around, around the 155 pound mark. Yeah. And I just want to take a minute to shout out to all of you in all the other parts of the world who do not use pounds and inches like we do in America. And, you know, I can kind of look and see where my audience is. And, you know, a large amount of my audience, a large percentage is American, but I know there's a lot of you who are used to hearing us talk about pounds and inches and <laughs> is it hard for y'all to make that calculation? Americans are terrible at, at doing the calculations. Yeah. Now it's sort of just over double, isn't it? Or just under double. So I just double it normally. Okay. Yeah, with, with 20 the, pounds yeah. is around nine and a half kilos. <laughs> Okay. I just have to, I use my little Google here. I just Google it up and it, it all, it's, it's really easy. It'll tell you. So you don't have to figure it out if you're, if you're slow at it like me, but okay. So t- about 20 pounds to go to get, to get to where you feel like you'll be at a weight that you're really comfortable in your body. Has the yeah. weight complete, weight loss completely stalled right now? Or is it like comes in like little it like comes stair in steps? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a very typical pattern. You know, we, we think of, you know, if you think of a good line graph, that looks like a sliding board, you know, your line graph showing the sliding board just straight down. That's what we like to think weight loss would be. And that's not what it is. <laughs> it's more like, mm-hmm. like a stock market graph zigzagging, you know, it might have a little sideways uh, horizontal and then a little zag up and then a little zig down. And then eventually you want to see it making that, you could draw a straight line through it to get that downward trajectory, but it's not straight, 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 which is frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And I think I understand that now. Like I can tell depending on what I've eaten the day before, you know, like I know that certain foods make me puffy and mm-hmm. inflamed and then I can see it if I yeah. weigh myself. You see it on so. the scale and you know it. It's funny. I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law today. He has been doing intermittent fasting for three months. He's he's dabbled in it over the years, of course, but he, he wanted to let me know. He's been doing it for three months. He's down 28 pounds. And he said, well, last night I had pizza and I was up 0.2. And I'm like, that is not real fat, real fat gain. Do not stress yeah. out about it. I was like, that's yeah. just the inflammation from the pizza. It's water weight. But yeah, yeah <laughs> we get that. Though. Yeah, it is. It is. Something like that will just make you puff up and, and you you know not to get upset about it. Yeah, I can see the correlations between everything. It's, I just see it as feedback, which is good. Yep. Yeah. That's what I did when I was when I was still weighing every day and, and finding my weekly average. I was able to, at that time, just use it as feedback and it didn't stress me out. You know, I had goals mm-hmm. and I needed to see the numbers to see if I was going to be meeting my goals. I had to see if it was working. So- you said you pretty much know that sugar would be your tweak. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I've just got to do it. I, I can do it for like, I, the last time I did it, I didn't have like desserts for like three days. And that was like the first time the scales moved in months. So yeah. it's just, it, I know that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I, we're going on a holiday in November to Bali. Ooh. And I, yeah, I love Bali. Ali's like my favorite place. I've never been there, but it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's 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 Australians' cheap holiday. Okay, it's like only six hour flight, or you know, even shorter if you're on the west coast. But um, it's not that far of a flight, and yeah, if you go to Bali, it's just full of Australian tourists. Oh, <laughs> um, it sounds very fancy to us over here on the east coast yeah. of the United States. Is it fancy? Uh, in some areas. Okay. Depends where you stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds very, very exotic to us, but yeah. I don't know. Do the Bahamas sound fancy and exotic to you? Yeah. They are not. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are yeah. definitely nice parts of the Bahamas. I love going <laughs> to the Bahamas. I love every bit of, because I love tropical. So it's the same yeah, kind of a thing. Too. Yeah. So I'm okay, sort so- of like in my head trying not to subscribe to the wanting to reach goal by then. But there's mm-hmm. part of me that just wants to feel comfortable because it's so hot and and humid and you just want to feel good in your body when yeah. you're in those tropical places, not because you're in your in your swim swimming wear but because you're it's hot and that's part Um, of it too though I have to tell you it is nice to feel good in your your swimming wear (laughs) but like for me it's like I just don't want my I don't want to you know get chafing on my legs and things like that because it's like every time you walk you're like reminded that you 
need to carry those weight. on those thighs. Yeah. I remember that. I remember the chafing. I had like a special slip that I would wear under dresses that was like shorts, like a shorts yeah. slip. So I can understand it. And you know, you could absolutely be there by by November. You know, we're recording this in April, but for me, it was very very helpful to to have have a goal and realize I was not denying myself forever. I was just delaying it. Like that that yeah. period of time in the spring of 2015 when I wanted to just I didn't want to waste money on clothes that weren't going to last very long. I wanted to just be at my goal, buy my clothes, be done with it. And so I delayed alcohol and also ultra processed foods. We weren't calling them ultra processed foods at the time, but that's what I was delaying. And of course, I didn't have any sugar because that counts as an ultra processed food. And yeah. my body really, really loved that. And yeah. and it was the fastest weight loss I had was when I didn't have any alcohol or any. Do you have alcohol now at this time? Do I? Do, yeah. Do you, I know you mentioned it, it bothered your bladder. Yes and no. I, look, I don't drink at home mm-hmm. because that seems pointless to me because it just causes me pain. But right. if I go somewhere and it's for a function or it's for something, sometimes I make a decision to drink knowing that it's going to cause me pain. But I'm not someone that that has one drink with dinner. Okay, so it's not like a daily thing. See, for me, I was, you know, I enjoy having a glass of wine. I just really enjoy it. And um, so I was having more frequently than I needed to for weight loss. So delaying alcohol completely worked really, really well for me. That's not a necessary step for everybody, but... If I start having wine every day, I can feel my honesty pants getting tighter. And so I need to be like, all right, Jen, back off. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Now that it doesn't keep me from sleeping, I no longer have that reason to delay it. So that makes a lot of difference. Mm So just see what you can do from now until November. Yeah. I think it's just, I think I fluctuate between like what my priority is. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, my priority is getting releasing the rest of this weight and they're like no my priority is doing this elimination diet or and I've also got irritable bowel syndrome as well which is like very common to have when you've got interstitial cystitis so then there's also a whole group of foods that cause me bloating and whatnot so it's just like and they're a lot of those foods are actually bladder safe um so it's like I'm constantly straddling which is my priority at any given time. So what are Um, some things that absolutely do work for you, like foods that you know work well? Eggs, which Mm -hmm. I love, Uh, good quality meat, chicken, steak, some berries, raspberries, blueberries. Like I do well with maple syrup, which is good. I I can tolerate vanilla things, like proper good quality vanilla stuff. But generally I'm finding like um, sourdough really agrees with me. I don't get bloating or, or feel uncomfortable in any way with sourdough. Lots of greens. So, yeah, I've, like I've got lots of good options to eat. It's just I think if I could have coffee and chocolate, I would feel not so deprived. I would feel so sad if I couldn't have coffee. So I totally, yeah. like I'm feeling sympathetic for you right now. I couldn't have coffee yesterday until 930 because I had some blood work done. And I was like really sad between when I woke yeah. up at night, I wake up at six in the morning. And so I was like, I can make it for three and a half hours without coffee. And I did. I was fine. I actually felt great. I wondered if I would feel sluggish. I didn't. I don't think yeah. I'm drinking the coffee for energy because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and coffee is such a, it's got so many other meanings. Like it's such a social thing and it's yes. like such a habit. And I feel like worked out recently that I'm, I'm either, I'm, I'm also reacting to tap water, oh. which is, uh, it must be, I'm assuming the chlorine or something that they're putting in the tap water before. I, I don't know what exactly it might be, but um, I had a cup of tea yesterday. It was a chamomile tea, which is chamomile is so bladder friendly. And I was sore afterwards and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like uh, it's it's so frustrating to even have something as simple as water be yeah. a trigger. Are you There's filtering your water at your house? Yeah, I've just I've just gone down that rabbit hole, mm-hmm. which previously I would like never even like, I'm like, it's tap water, of course it's clean. I live in a, you know, a country where my water is clean. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we have safe water in America too. You don't even yeah. think about the water as being a problem. But you've heard me probably talk on the podcast about how I figured out my water was a problem. Yeah. Have you yeah, heard me say that? Yeah. And here's – I'm going to share this because this is an update for everybody who's listening. Somebody who lives here that's in the community. She lives here in Myrtle Beach, and she's in my online Delight on Tonight community. And she heard me say it on the podcast, and she tested her water – 
and it was high. And she and her husband, they had lived in one place here in the Myrtle Beach area, and they were buying bottled water when they lived there. And then they moved to a, a nearby town, but still the Myrtle Beach area, but they moved to a different house, and they were drinking filtered water through the, the refrigerator. Both her husband and her started getting aches and pains, and she said she never would have connected it to her water till she heard me say that. She wow. switched back to bottled water. Both her and her husband, the aches and pains are gone. So everybody who's listening, you know, I wish I didn't really talk about it as much as I probably should have in cleanish, but filtering your water is such a great step. And it really, I mean, like, I didn't think it was causing me pain and inflammation. So it's really made a huge difference. The water pitcher I'm using, I'm not sponsored by this company. They don't even know I exist, but I got a zero water pitcher. First, I bought one that I, like, looked to see, you know, what was really good and looked on, just Googled it. And the one I got wasn't really removing anything in the water as much as the zero pitcher is. Because the zero water comes with a little tester and you can test it. And you like test it before, test it after. It takes it down to zero, like really. So wow, yeah. Anyway, it's pretty exciting to it's see it on the tester. Go ahead. It's a loaded subject, isn't it? Because it's like I know that if if I, I want to get a filter put on our whole house, so yes. all the, the water is filtered, and we're planning to renovate soon. So I'm I want to get that done. But then there's part of me that I know I should be drinking bottled water until I get that done. But then I'm like, it's such an environmental issue, and so it's like. It's a complicated thing to to realize that water, tap water, is playing a role in how I'm feeling. Well, that is why I got the filter pitcher because I can just use the, I can just put it straight through that and I'm using, I don't have to buy bottled water. I'm just drinking it out of that, that filtered pitcher and I'm brewing my coffee with that filtered water and um, it's making such a huge difference. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So, you know, and coming back to the coffee, it was like yesterday when I had my chamomile tea and was flared by that. I was like, you know what? Stuff it. I'm going down to the cafe and I'm getting coffee. If I'm, I'm going to have pain, I'm going to drink coffee. Exactly. And I yeah. probably have, I've worked out that I can tolerate a weak coffee. Like if I go to a coffee shop, I, if I get weak, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And it's, it's like, yeah, I think it's, it's frustrating. Like I just want to, you know, my, my best friend, she's like a coffee nut in the sense that, you know, coffee is like such a big part of her life. And mm-hmm. if she can't find a good coffee shop, she's she's stressed. And she she doesn't make a coffee at home. She only buys her coffee. Um, <laughs> so, like, when I'm with her, I find myself, like, one, just loving the, the connection that she has to her local cafe and the, the community that she gets from coffee. And I end up having way too much. Mm-hmm. And then... I just remind myself, okay, I can tolerate one week coffee a day. That is it. I need to enjoy it when I have it. Wow. So tell me some of the non-scale victories that you've had. Weight loss has been very slow, but periods of down. Yeah. So, well, the fatty liver being reversed, which is great. I used to need to nap all the time. Like I would have afternoon naps pretty much every day that I don't need to do that anymore I get heaps of compliments about my skin um, and even my eyes like my eyes looking bright and I think the biggest one would be the changes that have happened in my family like the four of us as to how we're eating mm-hmm. um, and I know that you know, the ripple of, effect yeah yeah like my partner, he has been fasting the whole time. He does it very like casually in the sense that like he started at 16-8 and he's he's doing 16-8 now. He never eats breakfast, but you can't make him miss lunch. Like it doesn't matter what. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm having lunch. Like don't be ridiculous. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not having lunch, so you sort yourself out. But we went out for dinner on um, over the Christmas break, just the two of us, and he ordered a gin. Um, and he, he's a beer drinker. And I'm like, what are you doing ordering a gin? He's like, oh, well, I've just been watching what you've been doing and realised that a beer doesn't really make me feel that great. Oh. Like, oh okay. I love he's so learning to listen to his body. Yeah, slowly, slowly. So, yeah, and that with the same with not so much my younger daughter because she she's a bit younger, but the, my older daughter, she, um, I can, her palette is changing like she's now when if I'm chopping vegetables she'll grab one off the chopping board and I'm like 
who is child is that? Because she would never have done that. Oh, I love um, that so much. You're setting them up yeah. for a, a lifetime of eating real food. Like I said, if I could go back and parent my children differently as the person I am now, I would sure like to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would be eating. Well, what's funny is they're both pretty good eaters right now. So it worked out in the end, but there were no vegetables being eaten off of chopping boards in their early life. So that's great. Yeah. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. It's just slow. Um, I'm just trusting the process. I think there's more that needs to happen inside of my body and I'm not sure exactly how that's going to look, but I know that people that haven't seen me in a while, they see me and they're like, oh, my God, like your skin or, or like I just I look healthy even right. though, which is also a hard thing too when you have a chronic illness because when people think that you look healthy, they, you know, most all people, like all the close people in my life know that I have a chronic illness, but it's like people at work or people that don't necessarily know that I'm dealing with a chronic illness every day. That's also, it's always, it's, it's always, it's also hard when someone says, oh my God, you look amazing, but I'm in pain. And you feel awful. Yeah. yeah. It does make I sense. Look good. Right. Like I, right. I know that I'm looking healthy, but my body still has so much to do yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think autoimmune conditions are just really, really challenging because a lot of them, you know, they, they just hide in there, Mm. you know, and you look fine and it's not, you know, something contagious. It's not, you know, but it, but it's there and you just kind of live with it. And there's so many more autoimmune conditions now than there ever were. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's full on. And there's, I've got a big history, especially in my dad's side of the family. Um, With autoimmune problems. Yeah. So you just got to play the cards that you get given, don't you? Well, that's true. That's true. And, you know, you do the best with it that you can. Yeah. And so I'm hoping, of course, that over time it continues to lower your inflammation and you, and I also hope filtered water makes a big difference for you. I know. Yeah, definitely. Now I'm finding that if I carry my water, yeah, it's making a difference. If I'm- yeah, I would think that it would. And it's just such a simple thing that you don't even think about. You know, I actually was thinking, oh, good, we have water from the fridge. Like we have not had water out of the fridge. Like I didn't have a fridge that had that kind of like a, a spout on it, you know, the little dispenser till we moved into this house. And it was so easy just to boop, get the water. And I, I thought, well, it's going through a filter. This is filter. No. <laughs> That water is not, it's the same when I use my little tester on it that came with my zero pitcher. It's like the same as the water coming out of the tap. Yeah. No, same it's number. Yeah. Like 200 and something is the number versus zero after it goes through yeah. the water pitcher. So I really, I think everybody should th- think about filtering their water. I'm I now know. one of those people. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. My family is, um, particularly my dad, he's, he's like, he tries to be supportive, but he just says like, unsupportive things by accident sometimes like making comments like oh you know it'll be fine like what he just doesn't get the concept that additives and preservatives and stuff in your water is actually making a difference I think he thinks I'm a bit left of center like I'm just like yeah so it's trying to manage like trying to educate him like, but you're just also, kind of being extra. It's not yeah. that you're really got a problem. It's just, that's Amy. She's just being a little extra when really yeah, it's like, 100%. no, it makes a big deal. Oh. What really brought my dad over with when we were doing 
the leaving out all the chemicals when Will was little is one time he saw Will have a reaction by by accident. Will had something that we didn't know. He had something that he thought was okay, but he got the wrong one. Like we had two cakes. Will had the wrong cake. Then he like went from being a nice boy to a maniac. Like my dad was like, oh, I mean, he really like you could see he thought I was maybe a, you know being a little whatever. Then he saw it and he's like, okay. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, your reaction is inside of you and no one can see it happening except you feeling yeah. it. So that's the difference. It's hard to yeah. argue with normal child, psycho child suddenly showing up. And <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing about it is he was like the canary in the coal mine, but that stuff isn't good for any of us. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I just sort of like I, I try and put little bits of information to him but in a very casual way and see if he bites. Yeah. But we'll see. Well, you're planting that seed just like with your friend. So yeah. we talked a little bit at the beginning. You know, you came like I did from the mindful eating space. I was doing the intuitive eating, the mindful eating, and that was when I was gaining a lot of weight. And so when I, I finally started doing intermittent fasting, I'd been doing mindful eating and gotten all the way up to 210 pounds. Um, but now you're finding that it fits in really well with your intermittent fasting lifestyle, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the whole, I was always hungry. Like Mm -hmm. I could always come up with a reason why I was hungry. Because we're supposed to ask ourselves that question, right? Or am I hungry? To me, the answer was always yes, I get it. And I think too, it's pretty hard to eat mindfully when you're eating highly processed food because they're designed to not stop. So now that I'm eating really good quality food, if I have something that's highly, highly processed, it's still hard to stop. But I've got to the point now where I, my body's not craving that, which is, which is really, really good. So I think, yeah, there was all those theories around mindful eating. Yeah, they, they work, but only when you're metabolically healthy. Yeah, um, bingo. And I was not metabolically healthy. And also the point yeah. you just made about the ultra-processed foods is huge. I remember they they insisted in the book you sh- should not label foods as good foods, bad foods. Eat the thing you're really craving, even if, if that's, you know, quote, bad food in your mind, which, you know, for most of us, the things we think of as bad foods, we now know are the ultra-processed foods. Like for me, let's just say Doritos, right? Yeah. So they say, don't label them as good or bad. Eat what you want. Stop when you've had enough. So there we, I'm like, well, okay, then if I want Doritos, I should have Doritos. If I want Pop-Tarts, I should have Pop-Tarts. But it was, ironically, the Doritos and the Pop-Tarts were the reason I couldn't be mindful because there yeah, was, 100%. yeah, because it's ultra-processed. Yeah. So that yeah. advice is actually not good advice. <laughs> yeah, when you unpack it. <laughs> I know. And look, with all the information on like the sweet spot, they're actually sitting there in a lab trying to find the sweet spot where we can't can't say stop. No. Right. Yeah. So if you're eating real food, that that changes, you know, okay, eat real food that sounds good till you're satisfied yeah. and then we yeah. can hear the hear the off signal more so. But yeah. and I think like metabolically for me, like I've got my fasting insulin done maybe like I don't know, a year ago, and it was 8.3, I think. That was like two years into fasting. So I'm like it would have been in the teens yeah. easily when I started. And I got it tested recently and it's come down a bit more to six now. Oh, that's so good. I, I know I've been insulin resistant and I'm still sitting on the higher end. You know, I'm still sitting above where I should be. That's very that's a that's a good change though. Six yeah. if, if we say that ideal is five or below, then you're just really right there near that optimal level. So that's yeah, good. Yeah, which is amazing, really. And even like interesting, I think this sort of comes back to the weight loss being so slow. But I never got that keto breath until like maybe a year ago. So I'm okay. like two years in. And then all of a sudden I could taste this metallic taste in my mouth. And I'm like, hang on, I've been fasting for two years. Why is it only now that I'm getting this taste? Whereas now, like, it's just interesting that my body has just taken so much time to switch gears and to find its feet with this. And that's why the weight loss has been really slow. Well, and I'm going to say, we don't have, like, you know, we have bits and pieces and clues and data and what we know about insulin and what we know about fat loss but and what we know about how fasting works. But let's go back theoretically and think if someone has very, very, very high insulin levels all the time and it's hard for them to tap into their fat stores, 
it's going to take time for their insulin to come down and therefore it's going to take time for them to tap into their fat stores and that that it really yeah. explains why it it took a while for you to get there you know yeah, and also definitely. why it might be hard and why it takes some bodies longer to adapt and why alternate daily fasting is so powerful for some bodies who need that extra boost of getting your insulin down with the longer yeah. fasts yeah mm-hmm. i think I everyone should have a fasting insulin done yeah definitely yeah i've thought I've thought about doing alternate day fasting. I've tried it a few times and then sort of got to like dinner time and then thought, no, no, I'm going to eat dinner. Uh, Yeah, I get it. I feel like it is something that I need to consider because, you know, those tiny bit longer fasts are are so good for inflammation. I just haven't felt ready to do that yet. Yeah, I think you got to be ready. That's the thing. If your body is not ready, if your mind is not ready, you're going to find when you, when you, feel like you are ready. It's it's mentally ready versus physically. Physically, it's not going to be hard. It's the mentally that it is. Like, like yeah. you get to dinner, you're like, but I want to eat because eating is just so enjoyable. So I completely yeah. understand I think that. it's just picking a day where my partner's not home or, right. you know, like I can feed the kids early and then, you know, like just because I don't want to miss out on that family time. Right. Um, or when I don't want to have to cook for someone else if I'm not going to be eating. Yeah, I, yeah. It's so so much of the struggle is just because we so the social time and the pleasure of eating, which I totally understand. Yeah. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think the biggest thing is just to stay in your own lane. Like my husband and I started together, and he of course was dropping weight really quickly and I was finding myself comparing myself to him and then comparing myself to other people that are doing different things or whatnot and I think once I set myself in the mindset that this is going to work it's just going to take some time and I don't need to worry about anyone else and sometimes like when you listen to the podcast you think oh my god that person lost 80 pounds in seven months and right only lost 40 in three years right but it's just appreciating that we're all at a different starting point we're all dealing with different issues and just as long as you keep doing it it'll keep working yeah once I let go of that mentality of comparing myself I think I that's when I really confirmed that okay this is my lifestyle and it doesn't actually matter when I reach my goal because I will get there because I've I've this is my lifestyle now yeah, so I think that's the biggest one. Just just try to block out all the other noise and everyone else's um, learn from other people's experiences, mm-hmm. but also not compare yourself directly. In exactly, because we all are unique in our bodies. We have different metabolic health. We have different genetics. We have different diet histories. We have different mental triggers that that we you know installed throughout our lives, whatever that may be. But it, it's impossible to look at someone else's journey and say, I'm going to copy that journey and my results are going to be exactly the same because that is not how it works. Definitely yeah, not. Definitely. Yeah. Someone could follow me around all day. You've heard me say this before. Eat exactly what I eat, do exactly what I do and have very different results. Yeah. So as soon as I, I fell into that, I was like, you know what? I've got this. It's just, it'll happen when it happens. I love that. Well, Amy, thank you so much for telling your story today. Thank and if you, you ever completely beat that <laughs> that pl- that pain, I would love to hear about it. Please let me Definitely. know. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win two hundred million dollars. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.